Hello, my dudes. I don't know why I decided that I would take a sip of tea right now, but here I go. Mmm. We're right back at the ASMR. Can you believe it? Um, obviously, I've been gone for a long time, and if you're watching the video podcast, you can see that things are different. Um, as I mentioned in my last episode, though that was so long ago I forgot what I even said, um, we moved out of our apartment, so my old podcast setup is gone, and I am now in England, and I had to figure out a whole new setup. Um, there isn't really a convenient space in this room for podcasting, which is shocking because most bedrooms would have, you know, an ideal location for a whole podcast and filming setup, right? Anyway, um, I'm really nervous. <laughs> I'm really nervous to be back because it's been too long and I very much apologize. Thank you to the few people who were like, hey, when's the next previously gifted episode? Because it makes me feel wanted. And I love that. So thank you. Um, yes, I, I'm very excited. We're actually coming up on the one year anniversary of this podcast. And as much as I wish uh, that I could say we're coming up on 52 episodes, we are not. I actually don't know what episode number we're at. Let's check. Let's check. Um, this is episode 30. Yeah, so I didn't do an episode a week. We know that. Um, but also, you know, you have to count for the summer, which I did make a few bonus episodes, but not enough to even count as weekly. But anyway, I'm thinking about the podcast as it goes forward this next year. And I don't really consider this podcast to have seasons, so to speak. Sorry, burping. Thank you, T. Um... But I feel like with this second year of the podcast, it's kind of our second season of Previously Gifted, and I definitely want to start taking the pod more seriously. I want to really uh, be more consistent with my posting, and I want to kind of figure out more of a format. So um, I would love to do some kind of a poll. If I do it, it'll be in the description somewhere for you to access. Um, to be able to let me know what kind of um, topics you like me to discuss, because I know there are some people who hate when I mention anything political. <laughs> I was just reading a couple of reviews, and some people have said that, which I totally get. You know, if you're not a fan of politics, it's probably fucking boring, even though it's something that gets me personally heated and fired up, and I love talking about it forever. Um... I understand that some of you are not trying to listen to that, especially if, if your politics don't match mine, which is totally fine. Um, but even other things, you know, I'm like, should I do more advice question answering? Should I just tell more personal stories? Though, I don't really have very many because I don't do very much these days. But anyway, I really would like to solidify more of a format so that you guys kind of know what to expect with every episode. Um, as much as I love this free-flowing nonsense, um, I'm just trying to figure out how to improve the podcast and make it a better experience for everyone. All right, I'm already struggling with this setup. For those of you who are just listening, um, you can't see, but I mean, it does, it's not that terrible. It's just... I might get uncomfortable. I'm sitting on the side of a bed. This heavy, heavy mic stand is on the dresser in front of me. Um, and the lighting is 
tragic, but it's fine. Uh, anyway, we got to give a shout out to our sponsees. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know, we have a Patreon. It's called patreon.com slash previously gifted. I've forgotten how to speak in the past few weeks, by the way. So this is going to be a train wreck. Uh, but we have sponsors who get shout outs every episode because they are wonderful and they are very, very helpful in allowing me to make this podcast and feel like I'm maybe paying one of my bills with it, you know? <laughs> so thank you to Hannah Baker, Lauren Thomas, Eric Courtright, Liz Walsh, and love you. Love you all. Thank you guys so much. Um, ordinarily, <laughs> ordinarily my podcast notebook, which I'm sorry that I always have in my hand, um, usually I would have things on it, ideas, topics, but this one I have literally none. So that's great. Um, I guess I'll just jump right in with kind of updating you, like, on my life or whatever, I guess. Um, so I'm in England, and it's great. Uh, no, it is really nice. We have already been able to settle in a little bit. Sorry, I can't breathe. I think everyone listening to the podcast knows that, but, like, I'm always out of breath, so I apologize. Um... It's very nice to settle in and be able to unpack all of our clothes and just chill. We are currently in Nathan's old bedroom. So basically, the way that his house is, we're staying with his family, um, but he has a younger sister who graduated from law school and she's back home because she's working locally. And then his younger brother is also going to university, but he commutes from home. So right now there's a full house. It's parents, it's us, <laughs> it's all the sibs. Um, but Nathan used to live in like a separate wing, um, which is like connected to the garage. And now his sister lives in there. So we're back in his like old, old bedroom. But it's great. Honestly, it's bigger and more spacious than our room in um, Long Island was. So I'm happy with it. It's definitely enough room for all of our stuff that we brought. And I can put all my podcast things all over the place. I'm making the room a disaster just how I like it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, I don't know. Um, sorry, I just choked. Oh, no. <coughs> Why do I have to choke in every episode? I'm just breathing. Um, it's so hard to maintain your cool when you're on the spot and you're supposed to be interesting and not choke and not breathe heavily. It's a lot to ask a person like me to do. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. What have we done so far? We spent a few of the first days when we were here just settling in again, kind of adjusting to the whole uh, new time zone. I was very jet lagged. It was so hard for me to fall asleep for like a good five days. Uh, and then we were also visiting a lot of Nathan's family. So we had to, you know, stop by all the grandparents' houses, say hello. It's been a while. He hadn't been home for a full year. So all of his grandparents hadn't seen him in a year, which is crazy. So it was really nice to visit all of them. Um, but there's always, there's always more family to see. So, you know, we've, we've kind of had this schedule and, you know, you gotta, you gotta meet up with the people. You gotta see the people. Not that, like, it's an obligation, but, you know, <laughs> if you're, if you're moving abroad for 18 months, as Nathan has, um, you know, your family wants to see you, obviously. And, um, so yes, as, 
as girlfriend, I, of course, enjoy coming along to these visits and meeting other members of the family that I haven't met yet. So that's a lot of what we've been doing. And then we've seen some of Nathan's friends, but again, some of them are busy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. To be honest, mostly I've been drinking a lot of tea. And I know that's a stereotypical thing, but like, I'm usually not a fan of hot drinks. Yesterday, I actually had Starbucks for the first time since we got here. Why am I burping? Excuse me. I'm annoyed with myself. I'm sorry for those of you who are listening. Every single one of you, I want to apologize because I am trash right now. Sorry, I'm being too hard on myself. Be nice to yourself, Tiffany. That's the tea. <laughs> Self-care. Um, kindness. Kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I had Starbucks for the first time yesterday, and I ordered an iced latte, as usual, and of course everyone looked at me like I was insane because it's cold, um, not freezing, it's definitely warmer than New York, and it's not snowy, but it's not cold, like, iced drink weather, but that's just how I am. When I walk into Starbucks, I need an iced drink. So... It's been very different for me to be drinking so much tea. First thing in the morning, Nathan wakes me up with a cup of tea. And I'm just like, thank you. And this is what... No, this is my second. This is my second cup of tea today. Today, I changed up and I woke him up with a cup of tea. Very exciting. Um, sorry, I just realized how long I was going on about nothing. And um, yeah, so what the heck? Welcome. Welcome back. Every second that I, like, wait and try to figure out what to say, I'm like, this is a train wreck. This is getting worse. You're pausing. I need to chill out. Uh, maybe we'll take our first break and then we'll, um, I'll, I'll have a breakdown and then we'll get back and maybe I'll have something to say. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Okay, I'm back and I'm calm. See? Do you, can you hear the calm in my voice? I'm back. So I just remembered that I can obviously talk about the midterms, but I think something that I'm going to do, uh, for those of you who are not interested in politics, is maybe I'll keep most of my political talk for the end of each episode. So those of you who do enjoy it can listen all the way through, and those of you who don't can just stop listening. But I am going to touch on the midterms, and then I'll get into my, like, real hyper-political thoughts at the end. Okay, we'll try that for this episode. Let me know how it goes. So, the freaking midterms! Bitch! I've never been more excited, which is, I, I don't know. I don't know how other people are, but, like, ever since Bernie, I have been hyper-active in terms of, like, politics, and when we actually all get a chance to exercise our right to vote, I'm like, all right, let's see what we can do. Let's see if people actually show up to the polls, you know, after two hard years, lots of tweeting back and forth, lots of fights with the media, lots of marches, lots of, lots of everything going on on all sides. Are people going to show up? And they did. And um, it was tough for me because obviously I'm, what, six hours ahead of New York time. So California time, we're what? like nine hours ahead. I don't know if that's true. Fact check me. Um, but I was like, I was like, wait, the polls close, you know, at night in the United States. And then they don't usually have any results until maybe like 9pm at the earliest, maybe near midnight. And for me, 
who's six hours ahead, I'm like, fuck. Um, all day during the actual election day, I was so excited and seeing people post about voting, I was feeling encouraged, you know, a little bit of exit polling kind of stuff, whatever. Um, but I ultimately had to go to bed and I planned on waking up at like 5am to check the results. Uh, I ended up waking up at 7, which was good. But yeah, I woke up and I was like, what happened? Refreshing everything on Twitter. I'm like, who won in this race? And what's going on with that? Crazy. Um, ultimately, the first thing that I saw was that the Democrats took back the House. So that was that was good because that was like finite news to be able to at least know like, okay, we have that. And depending on how other races shook out, shake out, because there are still some that haven't been determined. I'll talk about that at the end. Um, it was good to know at least like one kind of solid big effect of the midterms. Um, as far as specifics and exactly how many seats have been gained, lost, whatever, um, yeah, some of that is still being determined. But mostly, in general, I'm very happy. I was really glad um, that I was able to submit my absentee ballot, so I was still able to vote. But I, I do like the feeling of being able to go to the polls on the day. Um, because mailing in a ballot, I'm just like, oh my god, what if somehow, like, the post service, like, gets broken and they don't give my ballot or somebody throws it away? Which, you know, <laughs> voter suppression, I don't know, election fraud. Uh, speaking of, there have been some, some shouts of people accusing other people of election fraud already, and I'm like, nice, let's go. Give me the tea. Um, I think, though, the, the time difference between the U.S., and the UK is so much weirding me out because obviously the majority of people that I know and follow and the news that I'm interested in most is relevant to the United States. So it's kind of like throughout my morning, it's night, so nothing's going on. So I'm like checking up on what happened last night, I guess. And then by the time I'm going to bed, people are finally waking up. There's a rat on the roof. Hello? Oh, that's a big one. Whew. I am glad to be inside. But that that rat could chew through anything. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, midterms, two thumbs up for me, all right? Everyone who voted, I'm proud of you. You're still allowed to listen to this podcast. Those of you who didn't vote and are 18 and were totally eligible to vote, uh, we'll talk about this later, honey, <laughs> sweetheart. Um, I'll talk about it tonight with you. What? I don't know what I'm saying. It's like a parent, but like, none of you are my children. Um, so that's that. That's my midterm <laughs> chat. Very exciting. I hope I hope everybody feels good. Because hey, to be fair, there were wins and and good moves on both sides. You know, obviously, I have my side that I'm cheering for. But I can acknowledge that each side put up a put up a big fight and a lot of voters showed up and Regardless of what your political affiliation is, what your beliefs are, I just want more people to vote. The more people that vote, the more accurate our representation is locally, statewide, nationwide. So it's very important and it's so good to see people care about the issues, even though some people are still a little misinformed on both sides again. But, you know, we're working on it. Progress, baby. Progress. Um, sorry, I'm about to burp again. It's so rude. Can someone, like, oh my god, can someone, like, teach me how to, like, meditate for a podcast? Because 
how do people do this? Well, I guess, I, I guess other people of podcasts um, have guests and that definitely helps you be able to, one, catch your breath, uh, two, think of things to talk about, and three, um, maybe your burps will be covered by the other person speaking. So I would love to find a podcast guest. You know, I would love to. I actually, there are a few people that I would love to reach out to and possibly have on the podcast. Um, but then I feel kind of like weird because obviously this podcast is so far, if you can call it formatted, formatted just for me. And um, as Nathan pointed out to me, I speak directly to you. Like I'm looking at the camera the whole time. And even when I'm doing a podcast with another person, I tend to still kind of look at the camera as if it's me, my guest. And then the third person, the audience. So I think on a lot of podcasts where they have guests or conversations, they just kind of look at each other and they don't pay any attention to the camera. But I would say it's a stylistic choice. <laughs> and every podcaster gets to make their own decisions about how they would like to carry on with their show, how they would like to address their audience, or if they would like to ignore their audience. And I don't know, it's just not my style to ignore you guys, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so that's that. I have a few questions left over from the last episode. Some advice questions. And I thought, shit, let's try these out, you know? Because, again, I don't have much to update you guys on quite yet. And, um, I love answering people's questions, even if I have no good answer for it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Every one of these questions just reminds me, like, of my own faults. And I'm like, oh, stop with the, the self-defeating thoughts, Tiffany. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I haven't interacted with people very much. That's the problem. That's always my problem. Okay, so this is relevant. Uh, we have a question, which is the following. I really struggle with social situations. How do I become more talkative? Honestly, me. Now, I mean, I don't know. As as is probably true for most people, like, it depends who you're around. Obviously, you're going to be more talkative around people that you know and are comfortable with. So, I, I, I assume that you're talking about situations where you're not 100% comfortable. How can you be more talkative in those situations? Um, and I'm, like, hyper aware of that also. I was, this is a tangent, but oh well. I was just talking to Nathan about this, because, um, like, obviously, as I said, uh, I'm slowly getting to know, like, his family and kind of his extended family, and I was thinking about it from their perspective, and I was like, dude, Nathan is just this, like, this classic English boy, man, <laughs> 26, he's a man, um, but he's just this English dude who goes to America, finds an American girlfriend. She's from California. She, um, and then I was thinking about it and I was like, what do people ask about me? You know, like, like Nathan's family, friends, whoever, anybody who's asking him, like, how's life? You know, how's your girlfriend? Um, what does she do for work? Oh, she makes YouTube videos. Like, I can only, <sighs> I can only imagine what outsiders think when they're like, What? Your girlfriend does YouTube? Does that even make money? Like, what does that mean? I think it's just such a confusing thing. And it's like, it makes me kind of self-conscious because I'm like, why wish, Why can't I just have like a regular job? Why can't I just be like, I work at the grocery store? And they're like, oh, cool. Great. That's understandable. I think a lot of people are just like, 
they don't know what to think about me or what I do. Because um, if you ask me about YouTube or you ask me about the internet or you ask me about social media, I will go off. But if you don't, it's hard for me to explain what I do. Um, so anyway, there's that. And then there's, of course, me being <laughs> me being vegan. And like, I feel like I'm just this, this American girl who has all these special needs. I need my special vegan food. I need my special milk with my tea. Um, and, and I, I work online and I'm, I technically dropped out of university. It's just like, oh, but again, those are just self-hating thoughts and I need to quiet them because some people may hear those things and think, Tiffany sounds cool. (laughs) And that's just what I'm going to focus on. So anyway, sorry to start answering your question with a story about me that's completely irrelevant to your question. How do you become more talkative? So in... In my experience, I just try actually to be a good listener. I think what's more impressive in a social situation is just how you're interacting with someone. So I don't think someone is going to be really put off if you're a little bit more on the quiet side, which I think I am in a lot of situations. I'd say the majority of the time, at least in my current life, I'm usually pretty quiet around like a bigger group of people. Um... But I think people appreciate when, like, if you're sitting next to someone, if they could say something to you and you could have a little bit of chatter, um, you know, even if it's something like the weather, classic, classic small talk. Um, but yeah, more so like being able to to listen to them so that they go, oh, like, I didn't really learn much about you, but I really appreciate that you listened to me, you know, and you interacted with what I was saying. So I'm trying to work on that for myself. Um, Because sometimes I'm like, oh, here's a conversation. Here's a chance to let them all know who I am. Hey, I'm Tiffany. How do I mention my latest YouTube series about internet analysis and commentary on social media? And I'm like, oh, wait, nobody asked, (laughs) you know, and then people are, you know, they're talking about soccer, football. And um, of course, I don't really pay attention to any sports at all. So if if they're ever like, Tiffany, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't care about sports. It's just like, shit, I lost my chance. How will I ever be able to talk about what I know about? Um, so yeah, it's kind of that. You have to wait for your opportunity to chime in about something that you care about. Um, but you know, polite conversation goes a long way. And I think that's my biggest point. Um, and also, Don't be so self-conscious and think about yourself during a social, you know, situation. Just try to, yeah, just try to listen. Try to genuinely follow what's going on. And if you do get the opportunity to speak and represent yourself, then that's a good thing. So that's advice for you and also advice for me. Because I, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing in a lot of social situations. And I don't really consider myself to be, like, a necessarily awkward person. But it's just, like... If you're put in a position where you're not really around people that you know very well and they're not talking about anything that you know, you know, it's like, how are you supposed to be, you know, a good, good conversationalist in that moment? It's a struggle. We're all, we're all here for it. Um, I got another question. You've always been extremely independent from your parents. What's your biggest tip? Um, oh man, that's a big one. Oh, I think a lot of my independence, um, especially in terms of my relationship with my parents, just came from how I was raised. Um, I know a lot of people, I don't know, 
it, it just it just depends on what your family dynamic is like. Of course, my parents are very supportive. Um, but as I was growing up, I was very independent. I always wanted to handle my own academic work with nobody asking me anything about it. I wanted to go to work and I didn't want to be bothered necessarily. You know, like you never had to remind me to get my work done. So that's kind of where my independence started. Um, where some other people, I guess, rely on their parents a little bit more for that kind of support or reminders or whatever. Um, and of course, it doesn't matter when you're growing up, when you're still living with your parents. Uh, but obviously, independence is very <laughs> necessary when you move out. Um, what's my biggest tip in being independent? Well, I don't know if you mean like, just like in your mind, like just a more independent person or like financially independent. Um, but I guess, I don't know, It's it starts with baby steps. So no matter how old you are, what stage in life that you're at, um, let's say you're out of high school or whatever, but you're still living at home. Try to start establishing little things that hold yourself accountable and give you a little bit of separation from your parents. So like for me, that was like paying my own bills, you know, getting my own car. Those were things that gave me more independence and reinforced my independence um, and kind of proved that I was able to sustain myself in those specific ways. Um, so yeah, like pick little things, like maybe start grocery shopping for yourself, at least even a little bit, or volunteer to pay for your phone bill, or, you know, just little things that help both you and your parents at the same time um, be more confident in your ability to be an independent person. I don't know. It's a lot. But again, like, I am 23 now, and I'm still figuring so many things out, obviously. And um, I, I mean, currently, I'm relying a lot on Nathan. You know, we're doing things together now, which is very different from what I used to kind of like have have the spirit of. That doesn't make sense. But when I, when I met Nathan, I was very like, I'm independent. I do things by myself. I don't let any of my boyfriends pay for me. Like, or, you know, like, not necessarily I don't let people pay for me, but like, I'm used to paying for myself. Like, I, you know, I don't rely on anybody. And then he's like, you know, it's okay to like, like, let someone pay for you. Or it's okay to like, especially in a couple, like an adult relationship, like, it's very complicated. You have to figure out, you know, your own dynamic that works. But um, in a lot of ways, I've um, given up a teeny bit of my independence in favor of this relationship that's, like, definitely far from codependent. But um, I don't know. It's it's nice to kind of trust someone. That's kind of mostly what it is, is, like, like um, I'm giving more of my trust to my partner, which I used to just, like, be totally against. But I don't know. I don't think that takes away from your independence as a person. I'm totally getting off track. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, I would love to talk about kind of financial things as a couple. Um, but still, Nathan and I are figuring a lot of things out. And we're just doing what works in any situation. But um, hopefully when we move back to New York, we're going to work out like a new kind of refreshed budget and plan for us. 
um, to see, you know, what works at our current situation. But it's, it's very interesting to think about, you know, how different couples approach, you know, shared expenses or, or, you know, how they split things, whether it's 50-50 or whether it's kind of based on each of their incomes to match up how things add up and how you can make it work. I'm fascinated by that. I've been watching a lot of, um, financial kind of content. I will, I will shout them out for you right now. I watched The Financial Diet, which is a great YouTube channel. Um, Chelsea Fagan is the main host, but there are, um, there are usually other, um, contributors on different days of the week. And it's just great stuff. It's mostly geared toward, um, women. It's not like only female specific, but, um, the community is, mostly by women for women with the financial diet, which is great because I think a lot of um, financial websites or blogs and, and whatever are run by men. So it's kind of nice for women to be able to help other women figure out how to be better with their money. So that's a good thing. Burping again, sorry. <laughs> also, I watch, um, I think it's pronounced Asia, Asia, Asia Dang. Um, she makes videos sometimes about beauty, fashion, lifestyle, um, but occasionally she'll make, um, budget and, like, money-related videos. She had somewhere near, like, $200,000 in student loans because she went to USC, and she's been trying to pay down her loans, like, very aggressively. So, right now she has a plan where she's trying to pay $6,000 a month for the next two years, um, to try to pay off her remaining $150,000 student loan balance, which is insane. It makes me feel a little bit better about my balance. Um, but it, it is good content because she, she breaks down her monthly budget and her monthly spending and compares, like, you know, where, where her ideal budget was and where, you know, she actually went if she was able to hit her savings and loan payment targets and stuff. Um, so it's just really good content. And it's, it's a good reminder to be responsible and aware of how you're spending all the time. You know, like it's nice every month to go back through what you've spent, what you've earned and keep track of that. So <clears throat> I think for me, oh my God, I think I'm losing my voice. What's happening? Hello? <laughs> I think for me, what is happening? I'm very confused. <clears throat> I'm like never heard of coughing. Um, for me, 2019 is going to be a year for me to really organize my life and take the next step of being, um, a better and more organized adult. <laughs> so in a lot of ways, I want to be better than I have in the past, um, dealing with my, my self-employed job. You know, YouTube is my job. I'm self-employed. And, you know, my YouTube earnings, my podcast, which I would like to further monetize and take more seriously as a business element. Um, yeah, there's there's that. I want to be better about staying on top of my, like, taxes and stuff because my tax uh, filing only gets more complicated and confusing every year. And I really want to be good about um, making sure I get my maximum deductions and my write-offs and um, that I'm keeping track of things in a way that doesn't drive me crazy when I go to file my taxes. Maybe even I will hire an accountant or, you know, a tax professional to do my taxes because I'm like, oh God. Every time I do my taxes, it terrifies me that I'm somehow doing them wrong and that the IRS is going to come after me. But then I'm like, 
I'm not making a significant amount of money. Like, I feel like the IRS might want to go after somebody else. Like, and I also, I'm pretty sure I'm doing my taxes accurately. But um, anyway, <laughs> I want to be good about like really saving and staying on top of my quarterly tax payments because as a self-employed person, you're supposed to pay quarterly taxes, which is very fun. But it is better because then you don't get a surprise massive tax bill, you know, at the end or beginning of the year. Um, so yeah, there's that. I want to, um, <laughs> I just want to be better with my budgeting and spending. I want to pay down a lot of my debts as aggressively as I can in the next year. And uh, of course, I want to go back to school. So that's going to be a whole other element that I'm going to have to learn to balance. It's been a long time since I've been in school. So it's going to be very weird for me to get back into it. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited. It should be a good time if all goes well. <laughs> anyway, that was a long um, question answer that was completely irrelevant to the question. So um, good luck with being independent. That's all I can say. Good luck. Um, I'm going to take a little break so that I can fix my throat maybe or drink some tea and we'll be right back. And I'm back. Sorry for this video. Again, the lighting is not what I would love it to be. It's a combination of natural light and like fluorescent lights that are like way too warm and the natural light is cool so it looks bad I apologize um but honestly I bet for a lot of you who even watch this on YouTube you're probably still mostly listening I, I don't really tend to watch the podcast that I watch on YouTube um so anyway maybe you're not even looking at this at all I have another question how do you get out of creative ruts slash learn to stop doubting the validity of what you make. How do you get out of a creative rut and stop doubting your creative um, creations? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's relevant for me. For, for a long time, I was kind of judging my own YouTube content based on whether I was proud of it um, as a creator, especially on YouTube, but I guess in, in any sense, um, if you think, like, when was the last time I made something I was really proud of? When was the last song I was really proud of? When was the last video I was really proud of? The last podcast episode, <laughs> which don't stress me out. Um, and that's kind of a good way to gauge, like, how you're doing, especially for me making videos. I can make a video and be like, oh, I like it. But, like, when I look back, I'm like, am I proud of that video? Like, am I stoked on that video? Do I want to watch that video over and over because I, I love how I did it? Or um, would I want to share this video with people? Would I want to keep promoting it? And um, recently, I really do like the content that I've been making. Um, I'm, I'm so much into this internet analysis series, the commentary, because there is so much interesting and ridiculous content online and especially on YouTube. So I think it's like, you know, there's more content being made than anyone could ever analyze or, or make commentary videos about, which is good for commentary channels. And I really would love to see myself go in that direction this year. That's another kind of goal of mine is to just keep doing this kind of content. It takes a fuck ton of time. Like, usually I can film like a sit down video or a vlog and edit it, you know, film it, edit it, post it all within one day, because that's not that difficult. The editing is not 
too much work usually for me. Um, but these internet analysis videos take like a full week between all of the research and like downloading videos I'm gonna use, screenshotting examples that I'm gonna use, the actual editing, and then um, watching it like over and over to make sure that it's all right and that there are no editing mistakes and that it's not too long or whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's exhausting, but it's very um, gratifying to finish something that I'm actually excited about. And I'm excited to, to read the comments and see how people are reacting. And I think that it's um, a trendy kind of topic on YouTube right now. And uh, personally, I watch a lot of commentary channels and videos. So it's great to be making content that matches what you're currently interested in, which is kind of another gauge that I use. I'm like, okay, do I want to make the kind of videos that I watch? Or like, you know, sometimes the kind of videos that I watch, I wouldn't make, you know, like, if I were watching like beauty videos, like I'm not going to make beauty videos just if I enjoy them. But it's cool to be able to be like, oh, like, I like this content, maybe my viewers like this content. And now I'm making this content too if that makes sense. So yeah, taking your question very personally, how do you um, get out of a creative rut and stop doubting yourself? I think it's step one, you've got to be making something that you like. And I know that you can get in a creative rut at any moment, whether you're making stuff that you like, you know, the next week you could just be in a rut and not feel like you like it anymore. Um, I feel like it's good to take a step back, maybe take an actual break if you can. Um, and try out something new or watch things that are very new, like just consume different things that hopefully will inspire you. Classic creative advice. Um, but really it does help. Like you can, you can get stuck in and watch something with your own eye, but you need to look at it with a fresh eye to really be able to judge it fairly. Um, and then, yeah, when it comes to like not doubting yourself, like... First of all, be honest with yourself. Be honest with your own critiques of your work. Um, and if you don't like what you're making and you don't think other people are going to love it, like, that's okay. But just just recognize that and then try to figure out what you can do to change that. Figure out what you can do to make things that you will love and that you think your audience or whoever will love as well. Again, this isn't just video. It's like any kind of art, anything that's creative. Um, that's the constant struggle. It's it's very hard to do something work-wise, especially when it is your income as well, that is creative. You know, it's exhausting to constantly be thinking of ideas and you can like never turn your brain off, which I, even if you're not working a necessarily creative job, a lot of people get in the kind of like nonstop work mindset where it's like you can't get your work out of your head. And that's very frustrating because like, in your life, you need to be able to turn it off. You need to be able to work all day and then shut it down. And you need to give your give your brain a break. Because if you're constantly pushing yourself and trying to think of new ideas, new something, you're, you're going to get burnt out. And people get burnt out all the time. And then it becomes impossible to focus on work when you're actually trying to work during your work day. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> that just reminded me... Um, I've never watched The Apprentice until now, but the the UK Apprentice is on, and um, Nathan and I watched the first episodes of this season, I guess. And again, I had never seen it, so I'd never seen the Trump 
um, version, but it makes me so angry. Like, the show is so cringy, and I would be so... Like, when I'm watching it, I'm half like, this is horrible. I would never want to do this, but then I'm also like... I would want to do this to see how I would be in this situation, you know? Um, so for those of you who don't know, The Apprentice is like a... I don't even know the whole premise. It's basically like you're a bunch of business people fighting to be like this big businessman's next partner. His name is Lord Sugar. Lord Sugar. Lord Sugar. I was like, that's his real ass name? Nathan's like, yeah, he was like knighted as a lord. And I was like... Yeah, but his name's Lord Sugar. Anyway, whatever. I respect the dude, maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Um, so, yeah, each week there's, like, two teams of business people who all have different business skills and experiences. Um, but each week they're given a challenge. Like, the first week they were challenged to create a shoe and then sell it, and whoever sold the most of that shoe to, like, actual fashion professionals and, you know, people who work in retail and can sell the shoe in their stores, uh, whoever sells the most shoes wins. And so they break up into mini teams, like, oh, you're in charge of design, you're in charge of marketing, you're in charge of the party, like, the launch party. And it's just such a fucking train wreck, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so cringy. Like, it's very... Ugh, it's so annoying because, like, because the mini groups are kind of separated, they make decisions without consulting the entire group. Therefore, these decisions get made that don't go well together. And that's sometimes because people aren't listening to the original, like, goal. Because the project manager manager kind of decides things and is supposed to kind of direct the whole thing. Um, but, you know, they made some ugly-ass shoes. They were so dumb. The fucking names are horrible. The logos look so bad. And these people are like, I'm really good at graphic design. I'll handle this. And then they just design, like, the worst logo I've ever seen. Um, and again, I can't fucking design things either. Like, my, my graphic design skills are shitty. If you said, could you please make a logo, I could try. It's not going to be great, but you know, um, it's cringy. But of course, that's what the show is supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to get fired up and be like, I could do better than these people, even though they're business professionals and you're probably not. Um, but also, it's so frustrating because it's literally like like one big group project at school, except every single kid is the type of kid that wants to lead the project. Like, you know, in a school project, usually there's, like, the one kid who's like, I'll take charge, overachiever, which sometimes was me, I guess, reluctantly. Um, and then there's, you know, kids who don't want to do anything, or you can't trust them to do anything because they'll just do it wrong, and then you'll have to fix it. And then, then there's just, like, the passive kids who are like, oh, I don't know, you make the decision. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. Um, so, yeah, the show is kind of like that. And so the first episode, I was like, this is horrible. Oh my god. We watched the second episode where their goal was to like, uh, oh, they had a budget airline and they were supposed to like design just like a whole kind of advertising spot, an advert, uh, and create like the name, the like airline hostess, what do you call them? <laughs> um, they're like... Excuse me? I'm forgetting words. Um, at work, you put on your uniform. My brain is straight up breaking right now. I'm forgetting 
simple words. So I don't know. Maybe I need to drink more tea or maybe less or maybe I need lunch, whatever. So yeah, this time they're like, okay, think of a budget airline name. Think of who your clientele is specifically. Try to cater towards them, create a whole atmosphere and then create this advert. So they make them and one goes to the business side. They're like, okay, we're a budget airline, but we're directing our our airline toward business people who don't want to pay big bucks, but they still want a nice, relaxing, productive business flying experience. And then um, the other one was geared toward partiers. They're like, oh, we'll be a party airline. Like, we'll fly to Ibiza. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, both of them were train wrecks. It was fucking hilarious. Spoiler alert. But um, one of them, <laughs> I think it was the party one, they named their airline Jet Pop. And then their logo, the pop, the O, was this fucking explosion. And they're like, it's fun. It's an explosion of fun. And at the end, they get judged by literal, like, airline professionals. Like, people who are top executives in, like, British Airways and stuff. And they're like, um, so why'd you think it was a good idea to name your airline Jet Pop, which reminds people of a plane exploding? And they're like, um, uh... (laughs) It was so awkward, but I was literally like, dude, that's the worst name ever. Like, I kind of get what you were going for with like a fun thing, but like, this is one scenario where using the word pop and an explosive design is not a good idea, obviously. And then, um, oh my God. Then there's the other one, which I don't even know what they titled theirs, but like, it was just so stupid. I would be so frustrated because uh, these people, like, in each role, you step forward and you're like, oh, I'm great at marketing. I can do the logo. I can volunteer and think of the tagline and whatever. And so people volunteer based on their apparent strengths and then they're fucking terrible at it and they drop the ball or, like, the manager sucks and then, like, they ruin the whole project and it was just a fucking mess. But anyway... I'm cringing so hard the whole time I'm watching it because it's like, it's unbearable to watch people disagree this much and um, to see them like clash with each other. And they're so fucking sassy to each other. And it's just so cringy. But then it's also entertaining, obviously, because that's why it's TV. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm. this is my first time watching The Apprentice. Yeah, it's 2018. I know. Um, okay. We're at, uh, we're coming up near 50 minutes eventually. So yeah, sorry for the very shaky start slash first half slash entire episode of this podcast. Um, I'm trying to get back into it as always when I miss, you know, more than my weekly episodes, I just get fucking out of it and I forget how the whole thing works and this new setup is throwing me off. I'm not quite comfortable in it yet, but we'll figure it out. Um, If you're listening at this point, I sincerely appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave me a comment. Let me know what kind of content you love, what kind of topics or whatever that you like, or even um, things that you've seen in other podcasts. If you have suggestions for me, let me know. And as always, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Please make it nice. Please make it nice. Again, I I appreciate honest reviews. You know, a little critique is good. Um, But also, if you love the podcast, please give me five stars. Please, God. Please. Please. Um, As I said, in 2019, I will really be trying to make this podcast 
better. <laughs> and um, I've got to figure out ways to increase the audience, increase the viewership, because currently, I mean, the only people listening to this are people who watch me on YouTube. And I would like to make my podcast just a little bit more open so that maybe if someone stumbles upon it, they'd be interested, even though I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> I'm going to work on that. And um, maybe someday we'll get some podcast sponsors. I would be so excited if I could get some sponsors, like actual brand sponsors on the podcast. I'm just a self-employed entrepreneurial woman. See you on The Apprentice next year. Um, <laughs> all right. I think I'm going to end this here so that I don't drag this out too long. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. And I'm gonna, uh, I'll actually be back next week to make another episode. Or maybe even sooner than that. Bitch, what if we did bi-weekly episodes? Just kidding. I'm not gonna sign myself up for that too soon. Oh, by the way, I want to tell you some of my travel plans, I guess. Uh, so, before I leave, we will be going to Dublin near the end of this month for a couple days. And I'm so excited. Um, the annoying thing is I've had multiple friends who are like, oh, you're in England, I'm coming to London. But it's like, while I'm in Dublin, and then I have someone who's like, I'm going to Dublin, when are you going? And they're leaving a few days before we get there. So I'm like, shit, <sighs> almost. Um, but yeah, we're going to Dublin and we would love to do a UK road trip. So I'm trying to figure out if I can figure out some kind of meetup thing. Like, I don't want to do like a meetup like a fucking YouTuber, but like, I just want to hang out with some of you and meet some of you if possible. Maybe go to a vegan cafe and eat some food. Um, also, it's nice to meet the locals who can tell us, you know, what's worth seeing in each town or whatever that we go to. So yeah, that's possible. Uh, I'll be going to Paris. Ah, that's booked. I want to go to France. I want to go back to Aix-en-Provence. Uh, I've got to figure it out, though. I have to see what works with my schedule. But, um, yes, I am officially going to Paris and meeting up with my friends from home because they'll be in Paris, um, at the beginning of January. So I will also be in Paris at the beginning of January. So shouts out. I'm planning some of my travels. Um, trying to get back in the groove of things. And I appreciate all of your love and support. Um, I look like I'm doing a fucking rock, paper, scissors right now. Okay, thanks. Bye. That was smooth. <laughs> bye, bitch. <laughs> I don't want to end the podcast by saying that. I love you. Bye. Bye.